Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Miss Debbie. Church of the Warm Hearts, good morning. Church of the Warm Building, it's good to see you. I don't know if it's warmer. I, I'm in short sleeves. I, this is the first time I haven't worn a tie since uh, like last summer. So I, I don't know if it's warm or cold. Half the time I feel like we're freezing us out. But uh, today, if, if, if it gets cold or warm, let me know and I'll see what I can do. Uh, my name is Michael Beneshek. I'm the pastor of uh, this congregation. And if this is your first time here, welcome. We are blessed to have you with us and we pray that you find a blessing in today's service. If you're joining us online, Hello to the cameras upstairs. Good to have you all, wherever you may be worshiping with us today. Sign in. Let us know you're here. Every row, every pew has a red attendance book. Sign it. Pass it on down to the people next to you so they have your name when they ask you where they want you, they, for them to take you out to lunch. That, that, that helps a lot for that. Um, let's see. What announcements do I have? Oh, uh, Dairy Days. This was my first Dairy Days. Uh, we were here last year, but we were out of town during this, this week. You, you all put on a good Dairy Days. Uh, the parade went right by our church, and we got our chairs out. We, we, we brought the chairs and the sofas from the church and to watch the parade. And, uh, it, was, it was a good time. And I thought, Dairy Days, you know, just, there'll be a little bit of a touch of dairy and then just the rest of the parade. You're all in on dairy. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. There we are, in front of the church. We had a good time. And uh, I, I sent that to my family in the Midwest. They're like, where did you move? I'm like, they like dairy. It's good. It's all good. Uh, we're looking forward to next year already. We need to get a church float. I just want to pitch that out there. Get that somehow back in there. So if you can apply, all right. <laughs> I did. So if you have a trailer, let us know and we will we'll deck it out. Howard Foley is our worship leader today. He was dressed more pastorally than, than I am. So <laughs> good to have you, Howard. Thank you. It is my privilege to be your worship leader, and I have some announcements I've been asked to deliver. First, the Lunch Brunch crew will be having their monthly gathering on Sunday, July 2nd at Deja Brew Bistro at 1230. If you'd like to get to know a few folks after church, this is a wonderful opportunity. This morning, Pastor Jen is leading a small group of people who want to learn more about small groups. And if you're curious about what we have, what we could have, or just to get more connected in the life of the church, they're meeting in Classroom 2 during the coffee hour, and that Classroom 2 is in the Family Life Center across the alley. Uh, and if you want to get your exercise on, we've got a few opportunities for you. We have a walking group at 9, 9 a.m. on Wednesdays, and we go about two miles. Bring your tennies and meet at the Family Life Center. If you want to stay in the same place, there's also an exercise group that meets in the Family Life Center on Monday and Thursdays at both 9.30 and 10.30, so four different classes. And I'm just the, the messenger here, so this says <clears throat> there are, these are more for older folks, <laughs> and I'll let you define that, so that's, that's not me. And then I want to tell you a story about a man, his wife, and his mother-in-law that went on vacation to the Holy Land. And while they were there, the mother-in-law passed away. So they had a, a visit with the undertaker, and he said, you can have her shipped back home for a cost of $5,000. Or you can have her buried here in the Holy Land for $150. And the man thought about it for a moment, and he said, just have her shipped home. And the undertaker sighed, why in the world 
would you spend $5,000 to have her shipped home rather than $150 to have a wonderful funeral here in the Holy Land? And the man said, well, 2,000 years ago, a man died and was buried here. Three days later, he arose from the dead. I just can't take that chance. I am so glad my mother-in-law does not watch our services. Love you, Pat. If you're willing and able, let's stand and greet those around us in Christian love. Remain standing for the hymns.
you will, please join me in the affirmation of faith. It will be on the screen or in your hymnal at 887. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sorrow? No, in all things we are more than conquerors through the one who loved us. We are sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor heights nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please be seated. Unless you're a kiddo, if you're a kiddo, like fifth grade and down, come on up. This is your time in worship. guys how are y'all doing doing good doing good yeah so let's see my name is William did you know that William my middle name is Michael and I was like the fourth William in a row and they got too confusing at family gatherings so they started calling me Michael now some people call me Michael some people call me Mike I am almost 50 years old. I have two master's degrees. I have a family of my own. And I go back to my hometown and they call me Mikey. <laughs> Just one of those things. Uh, wherever, wherever you go, you might go by different names. And if I'm in really in trouble, my mom will still say William Michael. And I, if they add the middle name, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Do you have different names or different friends or different family groups? Sometimes? Yeah. And sometimes we go by different names too. Sometimes we go by, by grandma or grandpa or dad or brother or son or sister. It depends on, on, on your relationship. Did you know that Jesus has different names in the Bible as well? Jesus is a Greek name. And he probably went by his, his Hebrew name, Joshua. Joshua and Jesus are the same name. But in the Bible, it, uh, it, it says Jesus because it was written in Greek and then later on in English. But his name means uh, one who saves. And so when they named Jesus, the angel said, name him Jesus, for he is one who saves. So that's a pretty good name. But he's got some other names in there. Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. Those are some good names. Emmanuel, God with us. When I was your age, I thought Jesus was just a pretty good teacher. He had some really neat sayings, and he, and he talked a lot about love. So for me, he was a good teacher. Later on, I learned another name that he had, Son of Man. Son of Man means he's like the epitome, the greatest uh, man that ever lived. And later on, I learned more about Savior, about how he died for us. So at different parts of your life, he might have a different name. He might be a good teacher. He might be a wonderful counselor. And maybe someday he'll be Savior. 
So as you learn in Sunday school about the names of Jesus and the names of God, and when I was your age, we had God the Father, we had Jesus the Son, and we had the Holy. What did we call the Holy when we were, when we were kids? Holy? Holy Ghost. <laughs> kind of freaked me out a little. Ooh, Holy Ghost. We now say Holy Spirit because it's not as, not, as, hmm, not as scary. I do miss Holy Ghost because there's a more mystery behind the ghost a little bit. But Jesus loves you very much, whatever name we call him by. He loves you, and he wants to be with you. Let's pray. God above, we give thanks for the love of God as shown through Jesus, as felt through the Holy Spirit. We ask your blessings upon these little ones, that as they grow in love and godliness, that they might know a little bit more about your love, a little bit more about your mercy, a little more about your grace. And the family of God said, Amen. Thanks for coming down today. So as we get ready, I want to tell a quick story. As as they leave, I don't want them to hear this one. Did you know that your pastor got kicked out of a Baptist Sunday school? I was five years old, and we had to write on a sheet of paper, God loves, and you write your name. I had just learned, I was five, I just learned that my name was not Mike or Mikey, but Michael. And Michael is really hard to spell if you're five years old, because there's a weird A-E thing, right? And so it's just different. And I learned somewhere along the way that you could just put your initial... Uh, like your last name initial, and then uh, like for me, B, and then what do you put after the B? You put a, a dot or a period, right? And I forgot which side the dot went on. And my dot looked, uh, was on the wrong side, and it didn't look like a dot. It looked more like an O. So if you write God loves Michael B with an O and a, and a, and a B, it looks a whole lot like God loves Michelob. The pastor came to our house (laughs) to talk to my family, and we joined the Methodist church after that. (laughs) All right. That is a true story, yes. I've been happy.
just beautiful. What are the prayers and prayer requests of our church family this morning? If you have a prayer request or concern and would like to share that aloud with your neighbor, this is the time of service that we share those with each other. And then I will lead us in our pastoral prayer and then the Lord's prayer, which the words will be on the screen. Thank <laughs> you. 
Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, thank you for this new day, this new beginning. May we discover joy and rejoice in it, knowing that you are ever present in our lives. Help us to be here now so that we may be aware of your spirit at work in our lives. Lord, we are your people, people of faith. And we believe, but, but help us with our unbelief. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear your truth. Speak, Lord, so that we may lean in, listen, and live in response to your call. Teach us how to do all things in love. And in this love, may we walk alongside one another as we grow in our faith and in community as your disciples. And so, Lord, today we come together as your people, people of faith. We come together to pray as Jesus taught the prayer that he shared with his disciples so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It is such a beautiful day outside. I pray that you get to go out and enjoy it sometime today. The 100 degrees are coming. They're, they're a week away. They'll be, they'll be here. But for right now, we're going to enjoy this beauty of the earth. And I just want to hear from you real quick before we sing. What is something when you think the beauty of the earth? Give me a word or a phrase or a description or just a noun of something out there that you enjoy. Turn to your neighbor real quick and just say something you're going to do outside today. Those were all wonderful answers, uh, the, the plants, the trees, the mountains, and everything else that you listed. But just so you know, you are also part of God's creation, and you are beautiful. Let's stand and sing for the beauty of the earth.
This morning's scripture lesson comes from Matthew uh, chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. should be on the screen to follow along. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies home paralyzed, suffering terribly. And Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And I tell that one, come, and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and west, and will take their place at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. The Word of God. Help me finish this line. Oh, Romeo, Romeo. Good job. You got it right. Wherefore? Old word. Romeo, wherefore art thou Romeo? Wherefore does not mean where. I always thought it meant where. Where, Romeo? Where are you? It does not mean where. It means why. Old English word for why. Why are you? When Juliet was a pining away up on the balcony, she's not wondering where he is. But why? Of all the people on the planet, he had to be Romeo. If it were written today, it would read something like, Romeo, Romeo, why did you have to be Romeo? Deny thy father, refuse thy name, or if thou wilt not, but be sworn, my love. And I'll no longer be a Capulet. His name is the problem. He's a Montague, sworn enemy of the Capulets. What's in a name? Apparently a lot. This morning I want to take a look at the name of Jesus. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Jesus, a name that is uttered in anger and cursing by some and in devout worship by others. Google says that the name Jesus is, uh, is Googled about 16 million times a month. Two billion inhabitants of this earth identify themselves as followers of Jesus. So just for a little Bible lesson today, I want to explore a few verses that ask for the name of Jesus what it might mean for us today, and a little history on the classic hymn that asks the same question. Why should we care about the name of Jesus? So we might as well just start at the beginning, Matthew chapter 1, the Christmas story. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save their people from their sins. Like I told the kids, the name Jesus is the Greek form of the Hebrew name Joshua. 
Joshua is, uh, the Lord is salvation. Chances are he went by Joshua for most of his life. Uh, at least among his, his Hebrew friends. But what more fitting name could there be for Savior than Jesus? The angel told Joseph, name the child Jesus. He will save their people, his people from their sins. So that's Matthew. The next gospel, Matthew, Mark. If you go to Mark chapter 9, uh, chapter 9, we read this. But Jesus said, forbid him not, for there is no man who shall do a mighty work in my name and be able quickly to speak evil of me. There is such power in Jesus' name that it can enable those who invoke his name to accomplish even miracles. Later on, chapter 16 in Mark, uh, it says, All these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hand on sick people, and they will get well. There are churches that actually bring snakes to church uh, in some parts of the parts of the country, and they, they take the poison. And in Jesus' name, they don't. They don't, mm, they don't. That's not our church. <laughs> okay, uh, I believe in the power of God, but keep your snake at home, please. If you jump over to John, you catch these lines. And that day you will know, Jesus says, and that day you will no longer ask me anything. But I tell you the truth. Uh, truly I tell you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. I love this prayer because I could ask for a lot of things. I don't know about you, but I got a laundry list of prayers. Yeah. Uh, when I was younger, uh, oh Lord, I would like a bike. Oh Lord, I would like this. Oh Lord, I would like that. And then I got in high school. Oh Lord, in school. Oh Lord, do you see that girl over there? Help her to look at me over here and see. Uh, my prayers were a little on the shallow side, if you will. So here, here's the key. And I'm a little off script up there, sorry. Uh, here's the key. If you could ask a prayer in Jesus' name, that's a good prayer. I could ask for patience in Jesus' name. I could ask for courage in Jesus' name. I could ask for comfort in Jesus' name. It's really hard to ask to win the lottery in Jesus' name. It is really hard to ask for him to smite my enemies in Jesus. Jesus is not in the business of smiting. He's in the business of loving. If your prayers are about love, about mercy, about grace, let me tell you the truth. Those prayers will be answered because they could be asked in Jesus' name. But you got to ask. It's nice to ask. Well, God knows what's in my heart. Yeah, but it's nice to ask. Sometimes I wish I knew what my kids wanted. You know, they, Christmas is, uh, we're halfway to Christmas, by the way. <laughs> Word of warning. The days are now getting shorter as we speak. Uh, what do you want for Christmas? Uh, I got a kid that has their list. And I have a kid that says, oh, whatever. And then they get disappointed when we give them whatever, right? <laughs> tell me, tell me what you want. Uh, we do that with spouses, right? For whatever reason, I missed the mind reading school uh, class. <laughs> tell me, verbally say it. And, and, and vice versa. Like, I can't get upset if I don't say, oh. 
as well. I love it. Uh, James. James wrote, and this is the old King James Version. Let's see if we... You do not have because you did not ask God. Ask. Verbally say it. Somebody asked me a while ago, Pastor Mike, is it okay to pray to Jesus? He is part of the Trinity, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. So why bother with God at all? Just ask Jesus. He's a little less scary than God the Father. And uh, some Catholics take this a little farther. And they, well, let's just pray to Mary. Let's pray to Mary because Mary will tell Jesus who will tell God. And, and you know, Jesus will do what Mary says because uh, Mary's mom, right? While it's certainly not inappropriate to speak to and pray to Jesus, oh dear, eight pounds, six ounce baby Jesus, my feeling is that Jesus himself asked us to pray to God, the Father, in Jesus' name, which speaks of direct access that we have to the Father through the Son. So feel free and pray to Jesus, but even Jesus told us, pray to God the Father. In my name, ask and ye shall receive. Just a couple more lines I'll hit. John chapter 20. The end of, gos- of, the, of, the, of the gospel of John. John's the last gospel written, and the very last uh, verse says this. But these are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. You want life? Get Jesus in your heart. You'll have life. Abundant life, eternal life, a life worth living. And after John, we get the, gospel, or the, uh, the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2 says this. Call on the name of the Lord and be saved. The biblical opposite of saved is lost. Lost in sin, lost in guilt, lost in judgment but also lost in life and purpose and meaning and moral compass. But if I remember my Bible right, it also says that Jesus came to save the lost. In our scripture passage for today, just the name of Jesus was sufficient for the centurion servant. Jesus didn't even have to show up. Centurion said, if you just say the, say the, say the, say that he's healed, that will be enough. Jesus is amazed at such faith. He's in Capernaum, kind of a Greek city, and there's a Roman soldier there who is not Jewish, but still asks, Jesus, heal my servant. Jesus, I don't even have enough faith in my disciples that you have. That, that was the whole weeping and gnashing of teeth in there, if you caught that. People will come from the east and the west. People will come outside of the fold of Israel, and they will believe in my name. What's in a name? Why should we care about the name of Jesus? I know, I get it. A rose by any other name is just as sweet, right? There's power in names. Names are important to us. We take great care and, 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 and pain in naming our children. We intentionally put last names as, as we marry. We had uh, 
We had an outside cat for about a year. We had a black cat, outside cat, roams the neighborhood. Not a wild cat, but looks like it kind of got dropped off once upon a time. We already have a cat and two guinea pigs. We don't need another cat. Outside cat. Ariel, our cat. We had to tell the kids, outside. We even gave it the name, outside cat. Do not let this outside cat inside. A year later, my daughter started calling the outside cat Izzy. And then everyone in my family started calling this cat Izzy. And guess what? She is no longer an outside cat. (laughs) She's an inside cat. There's power in a name because once you name something, it's yours. I tell my wife, I have to stay alive or we're going to have like 20 cats in our house. So my job is to stay alive and keep the cats outside. (laughs) There's power in the name of Jesus. Maybe maybe I'm a bad pastor because I don't get a whole lot into the miraculous healings. Like I don't think I have the power to heal. But I've never tested it either in the name of Christ, you know. The power of Christ compels thee. I don't try miracles. Maybe that's not the gift that God has put on my heart. God can do what God's going to do. But there's power in the name. We are in the middle, actually we're at the end of a short sermon series, exploring a few of the stories behind some of our most famous hymns. And today's hymn that we're going to close with today has been called the National Anthem of Christianity. It's one of the most famous and recognizable hymns that we have. It's been translated into every Christian language. It's in over 2,300 different hymnals. Written 1779 by an Englishman, Edward Paranoi. Edward Paranoi was the son of an Anglican priest. That's him. His, his family was very familiar with trials and tribulations. His grandparents fled Catholic France, hence the French name Perenay. Uh First to Switzerland and then to England. Henry VIII was around, kind of brought in Protestantism. Still wasn't uh, uh, totally safe, but safer anyway. anyway. Well, this guy became a vicar himself, and he became close friends with John and Charles Wesley, also preacher kids. Uh, John and Charles, founder of the Methodist movement. Edward would be exposed to his own trials and tribulations. He would travel with John and Charles Wesley. And I have, I have John's journals, uh, his diary, in my office. And there's, there's one line, there's one date that said this. Edward Paranoi was thrown down and rolled in the mud and mire. Stones were hurled and windows broken. If I ever think this preaching job is tough, remind me of these days. Okay? Uh, And we might think things are tense between different denominations today, but nothing compared to what it was back then. The whole Hundred Years' War was based on this kind of fight. Edward is also subject to some strife between himself and the Wesleys. They always didn't get along. John Wesley thought that he was a good preacher. He didn't think so highly of himself in this regard. One Sunday, uh, John John was in front of 3,000 people. And said, today's sermon will be given to you by Edward Perrin. Did not tell him ahead of time. He will be giving the sermon and freak the guy out. 
and he got up to the pulpit and he said, I'm going to deliver the greatest sermon ever preached. And then he opened up the Bible to the Sermon on the Mount and read Jesus's words verbatim for three chapters. Then he sat down. John Wesley never asked him to preach again. <laughs> their, their conflict didn't stop at sermons. Uh, in time, Edward broke with the Wesleys over Methodist policies. And uh, John Wesley excluded his hymns from all Methodist hymnals. John kicked him out. Actually, Edward's the one who left. Uh, he was frustrated with the Methodist stance of the separation of church and state. Methodists believe separation, church and state. Your preacher should not pick different and tell you who to vote for. Can I get an amen? amen. We, are, we are radically, we're not wishy-washy. We are radically in the middle. That's where we are. Okay? I got people on the left who think I'm on the right. I got people on the right who think I'm on the left. So life is good. Uh, that's, that's what we do. And Ed, Edward Paranoid, the guy there, he wanted more of a merger. More of the church to tell the state what to do. Edward went off to pastor a small church in Canterbury. He, he died just a couple years after John Wesley, his last words, into his, into his hands I commend my spirit. A life lived in conflict, in strife, persecution, and separation. And it was a life that led to the writing of all hail the power of Jesus' name. It took about 20 years after John Wesley died that the Methodists looked around and said, you know, we didn't like this guy, but he, this is a good song. Let's put it in, back in the hymnal and let bygones be bygones. All hail the power of Jesus' name, a hymn in its simplicity proclaims a powerful truth that one day we will all be at the feet of Christ. We might not all get along. We might not all think alike. We might not vote alike. Some of us are more passive. Some of us are more aggressive. Some of us have more faith than others. But no matter our differences or denominations, we all point to the cross. All hail the power, not of Mike's name, not of the Methodist name, not of your name, not of your hero's name, but all hail the power of Christ's name, Jesus' name. Paul would put it like this in Philippians. <laughs> it's kind of hard to read it. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, and God gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What can this song do? Here's one story.
what's in a name? What's in a song? It could heal divisions. It could bring peace. It could bring wonder. And it can bring love. All hail the power of Jesus' name. And the family of God said, Amen. Amen. As we come to the offering, a word of thanks to those who faithfully participate in the giving to this church. You make ministries of love, grace, and mercy happen. Let us receive the offertory.
God of eternity and God of the next moment. We offer our gifts today, having heard your call through Jesus to follow. May our prayers bring us closer to you and to the community around us. Amen. And our closing hymn, if you had to guess, all hail the power of Jesus' name. sing amen at the end. Does anyone else grow in a church where you sang amen at the end of every hymn? Yeah, good old days. Thank you to Emma Jean, to, to Howard, to Christine, to Debbie, to Stephanie, to all the folk upstairs in the tech booth. Uh, Mary Liz, who's uh, watching the online folk, and uh, Dennis helping in the back as well. To those watching online and to all of you, may God's grace, beauty, and wonder go with you now and forevermore. And the family of God said, Amen. Amen.